Switchcraft is brought to you live three times a week on Tuesdays and Thursdays at 3 p.m. U.S. Eastern and on Saturday. At whatever time I can get to it, tune in live over at twitch.tv slash run, jump, stomp. This episode of Switchcraft is brought to you by Luigi Jr. Support Switchcraft and my other content for as little as a dollar over at patreon.com slash run, jump, stomp. If you're looking for ways to support the show, head on over to runjumpstomp.com slash Amazon Prime. Once you're there, if you don't have an Amazon Prime account already, you can get a free month of Amazon Prime. Now, how is this going to help you? Well, it's going to help you because you'll get access to Amazon Music, Amazon uh, Prime Video, as well as free two-day shipping, which is really, really awesome. I'm a huge fan of Amazon Prime, and I definitely think it's worth the money, but you get to check it out for free for one month. In addition to that, it'll also give you a free month of Twitch Prime, which you can use to support your favorite Twitch streamer. I think you might know somebody. Uh, so I highly suggest, again, that URL is runjumpstomp.com slash Amazon Prime and follow that link. Uh, get your free month of Amazon Prime, your free month of Twitch Prime, and enjoy the benefits of having things shipped straight to your door. I'm a coming, Luigi! Well, Nintendo Switch firmware 7.0.0 is now out. Uh, if you haven't updated your Switch, make sure that you do. Uh, just because it's going to, like, you have to pretty much in order to play games online, I think. So uh, update your Switch to 7.0.0, and you might be wondering, what is coming with 7.0.0? Nothing really. I mean, uh, there's there's new system stability, as Nintendo likes to say. It's, it's more stable than ever, ever. They've added probably 15 legs on this table that we're looking at here. It is a very, very stable table uh but uh, that's pretty much it they basically this is not an end user update i mean they they try and mask it as an end user update by throwing in new super mario brothers u deluxe um user icons but i don't know if anybody really cares about that uh people care about new features so why is it that we're getting uh 7.0.0 as an update usually when that first number in a software's div, um like n uh version number gets updated that usually indicates that something big happened but to the end user it doesn't feel like anything big is happening because all of the all of the the changes that are happening are behind the scenes um and these are changes to deal with hacking uh changes to do with piracy so Nintendo, you know, they are a very, very um, active in the anti-piracy, anti-hacking uh, scene. They are actively trying to stop uh, these, uh, the people who uh, do that. Um, they, they're actively trying to stop them from hacking the system and thereby getting free games. Uh, but there's more to it than that. I mean, because there's a lot of people out there who would say, well, you know, I, I know that it hurts Nintendo's bottom line, but I really don't care if somebody else wants to download games for free. But as soon as you implement, as soon as that happens, it also opens up an avenue for people to hack games where, you know, they will have unlimited ink in Splatoon 2, or maybe they can fly in uh, Nintendo, Nintendo, in... 
what the hell is it? Uh, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. You know, whatever ridiculous ways that they can win a game without actually winning the game and basically ruining other ways that people play. Now, yeah, none of those, well, maybe the ink thing has happened, but for the most part, the hacking really isn't like a rampant thing, but it's definitely an issue. And so Nintendo, when they when they put out this uh, uh, updates like this, where it's like improved stability, there's more to it than that. They basically they've tried to get one step ahead of the hackers and the pirates, but it it didn't work because. Uh, just four hours after 7.0.0 went live, uh, Nintendo Switch firmware was already hacked. Like, these guys are really, really good. And part of me wants to say, Nintendo, just throw in the towel. You're not going to beat these people. But at the same time, I want I want people who are hacking the system and using it to cheat in online games, I want them to get their consoles bricked so that they can't to deter people from from ruining my online experience because I play by the rules and they're cheaters and don't. But that's not the only reason that I know that there's people furiously typing away on their keyboards right now. That's not the only reason that somebody would hack it. Somebody might hack it for homebrew so that they can make their own stuff without a development kit. And I totally understand that. But I would gladly give up uh, some people's ability to have a home uh, a homebrew game that they've made on the Nintendo Switch in order for the official games from Nintendo and third-party publishers to be uh, secure from hackers and people with nefarious intent. I think that that would be... Uh, a good thing at the end of the day. So I'm, you know, I think it's too bad that this was uh, hacked only four hours later. I'm sure that Nintendo will put out an update to this update to try and close those loopholes, those those uh, vulnerabilities that are currently uh, in the Nintendo Switch firmware. But I don't know if putting these things as a point release is really a good idea because. When people see, ooh, 7.0, that's got to be something. I mean, at, at one point, I think it was back in the 5.0 update, I even drew like a comic of, you know, somebody eagerly awaiting for 5.0 to come out. And, you know, they were like, does it have voice chat? Does it have this? Does it have that? And it didn't. And, you know, so he threw it out the out the window. Uh, I'm sure you can find it on my Twitter somewhere. But I think that... You know, if they're going to make these updates, just don't make it a point update because a lot of people look at that and they get excited and then they're let down. But, you know, I I mean, at the end of the day, it's not really a big deal. I really do hope that very, very soon Nintendo does something to their uh, their current firmware, because while it is very, very fast and snappy and my God, if you load up the PS4 and you start trying to get like browse around on their UI it is so sluggish and ridiculous and nintendo switches is so just absolutely snappy and and fluid and quick uh it's it's a joy to browse through but the features are just they're they're in they're, there are none it's just so boring there's no music in the shop which is weird because that's something that nintendo always did 
Uh, so there's a lot of things that I think that they could they could fix with the firmware. Uh, even a new UI, I think, would improve and, and, and people would get excited about that. I don't know that I, I care so much about stuff like that, but I, you know, I want new features, uh, modern features to be added to the Nintendo Switch with 8.0.0 if that when that comes uh, and brings more stability. And if you want that stuff too, uh, let me know what what features do you want in updates to Nintendo Switch's firmware? If you're watching this on YouTube, you can uh, let me know in the comment section right down below. If you are listening to this on the podcast, you can get a hold of me on Twitter at RunJumpStomp. You can also get a hold of me by emailing me, RunJumpStomp at gmail.com. If you've watched uh, any of my content or listened to my content for any length of time, you've probably heard me talk about Metacritic. I don't really put a lot of stock into Metacritic scores. That being said, usually when scores are high, that usually indicates that it's a pretty good game. And when scores are generally low, that usually indicates that the game is kind of trashy. But I don't like to get into the weeds between, oh, is this an 82 or is this an 83? And an 83 is a is definitely a better game than an 82. I think that that's generally kind of a silly argument. Uh, so I don't put a lot of stock into uh, the granular scores of Metacritic, but I do pay attention to the general uh, score that that a game gets overall. Is it high or is it low? Uh, I don't get upset when a game that I really like doesn't get like tens across the board. That's not important to me. What's important to me is that I like the game. Uh, and I don't go to Metacritic to make decisions about games that I'm going to buy, but I do find it interesting to find out if the general consensus is along with what I'm saying, or if I am swimming against, uh, swimming against the current, uh, so that people are in general disagreeing with what I am thinking about a game. For instance, Bre- Zelda Breath of the Wild, my favorite game of all time, really, really high on Metacritic. I'm I'm in the majority there. Um, Monster Boy and the Cursed Kingdom. Uh, a lot of people really like that game. I'm not a huge fan. I thought it was fine, uh, but I didn't adore it. Uh, I didn't love it as much as everybody did. And of course, I have more more playing to do in order to get through more of it. But that's where I'm, uh, you know, I'm I'm running against the wind and and not really uh, going with the path of least resistance. I'm not agreeing with everybody else. And you know that that kind of lets me know like hey maybe i should take another look at something and maybe i'll change my mind about it and you know after the first uh bit of playing monster boy i really didn't care for it at all and the general consensus was that it was great so i went back and and played a little bit more and the more i played it the more i liked it and maybe if i played through the whole game my my tune would completely change and i'd be singing its praises but who has the time right now i know that i don't uh so why am I bringing all this up? Well, because according to Metacritic, uh, Nintendo is the fourth highest rated. This is according. This is from Nintendo Soup. Nintendo is the fourth highest rated uh, game company on Metacritic in 2018. Uh, so that's that's pretty good. Their overall release, uh, you know, they, they've got some 
some overall scores on there as well. But uh, they're, they're, they have 30 distinct titles on Metacritic uh, f- from Nintendo and uh, 31 total products. I don't really understand what that means, uh, but they have an overall score of 76.4. Now, when people look at that 76, some people lock into these numbers and they say anything less than 90 is must be an abomination. And, uh, you know, they, they get really upset about uh, a game getting 76.4. And I would say that means that three-fourths of the people who played it or three-fourths of the reviewers that reviewed it, I guess, really liked it. I think that's a pretty good sample size it it's tough to please everyone and i think it's fine that i think 76.4 is pretty decent and apparently so does metacritic because only three other companies uh were above them uh nintendo's best rated game uh this year well, i guess last year sorry was super smash brothers their worst rated game was kirby battle royale and their highest for a new IP was Octopath Traveler, which only got a 57. That surprises me because I, I really enjoyed that game. So it looks like I'm swimming against the current there. Uh, the the uh, publishers that, uh, I guess, defeated Nintendo in this no-holds-bar, uh, you know, battle for, um, battle for notoriety in the, uh, the Thunderdome... Uh, would be Capcom, Sega, and EA. And that right there is an insane list of things to be better. Like, EA beat Nintendo? EA is one of the most reviled video game companies on the planet. That is very surprising to me. That That blows my mind. Uh, more than anything else in this uh, story here. But the fact that the major publisher rankings uh, in 2018 had Electronic Arts as third place, that is just crazy. Like, I have trouble believing that even a little. So, I don't know. You know, maybe there's maybe there's a bunch of people who really like the new Madden or the other new sports ball game that I have no idea about because it's outside of my wheelhouse. And, you know, if you've been playing Electronic Arts games and have been adoring them all all last year, then, hey, feel free to let me know which games I missed out on because I really don't pay attention to EA stuff very much. Um, That is a very surprising thing. But, hey, Nintendo came in fourth. Uh, followed by Ubisoft at 5th, Sony at 6th, Square Enix at 7th, Bandai Namco at 8th, Digirati Distribution at 9th, and NIS America at 10th. So uh, there's your top 10 list of the major publisher rankings in 2018 with Nintendo coming in at number 4. And I think that number 4 is pretty damn respectable. You get a low score for this game. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. I downloaded the demo for uh, fitness boxing on the Nintendo Switch back when it first came out. And I played it for, I don't know, long enough to just get an idea of what the game was like. And... I have to say that it was enjoyable. Um, I, I'm not a huge fan of the music in the game, but if you're looking for a way to get moving and have that instant gratification of, uh, you know, having a point on the board, then this seems like a good idea. Fitness boxing, if you don't know... Uh, you hold the Joy-Cons in your hands, uh, and then you punch like you're, like you're boxing. And it's a rhythm game that goes along with popular music. And that's probably the reason why I'm not a fan of it is because it has, it's, it's popular music. And I generally don't like modern popular music very much. I'm an old, crusty, fogey guy, and, and I'm not a fan of the modern stuff. I like 80s music. I like 70s stuff. I like chip tunes. I don't like the stuff that they play on the radio these days. It's just not for me. Uh, so uh, playing that game and listening to those songs, it, it you know, a little bit of it was lost on me. But what I will say this is that fitness boxing is actually pretty fun. At least the demo was. And you can download the demo and check it out for yourself if you haven't already. Uh, but the reason I'm talking about it is because some players have been talking about um, losing weight by um, by playing the game. This is in Japan, and uh, I guess there's uh, this, this guy who has been or, or girl, I don't know. It's in Japanese uh, at Bibrezin or something. I don't know. Uh, B i b r e s i n. Uh, they lost 4.8 kilograms. Now, if you don't know what that is because you're an American like me, one kilogram is 2.2 pounds. So if you do the math, it's roughly 10 pounds, roughly. Uh, so they lost 10 pounds after playing uh, the game for 35 minutes every day over the last month. And uh, somebody else was talking about how they had already lost 2.9 kilograms. Uh, so it's kind of cool, you know, if you're looking for a way to be active and also play a game at the same time, then it's a really good idea. And, you know, I, I think that we all could use more exercise as as most gamers probably could use more exercise because the thing that we really like to do involves a lot of sitting, which is not great for you. So, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm considering picking up fitness boxing. I work out every day. It doesn't really do much cause I got to get my eating under control. I've got like 
I've got a serious case of dad bod going on right now because I'm I'm an old crusty guy, and uh, you know when you get older, you got to work much harder to keep those pounds off. So most of the time, it's uh, lifting weights over on the other side of my computer monitors in in here in the nerd nest, or riding what I like to call the Russian pain machine, which is my stationary bicycle while I watch Star Trek or something like that um, on my iPad. And every morning at 5 a.m. I do that. But this would be a good way to change things up. So I am considering picking up fitness boxing. Uh, I know that there's going to be some trolly people in my uh, Twitch chat right now that are like, will you stream it? No, I will not stream it. Uh, nobody wants to see uh, Sweaty Bill getting all sweaty uh, because, you know, I don't even want to see that. Uh, but fitness boxing Pretty cool. I think it's neat. And uh, make sure that you uh, check out the link in the show notes if you want more details on it. Um, I I wasn't... When I was playing the demo, I was... Like, I had stuff to do. And so I purposely didn't push myself as hard as I could have when playing the demo. And, you know, I had... I, I was breathing a little hard. I was maybe starting to warm up. And if I had really uh gotten into it and pushed myself like I would if I didn't have some place to be after I was trying out the demo then I I'm sure that I would have been sweating and working hard and getting a good cardio workout and something that doesn't involve my the the previously aforementioned Russian pain machine or lifting weights, which I find to be incredibly dull and boring, uh, just to change things up, that's a very appealing thing to me. So even if you're active, this might be something that is uh, appealing to you. Uh, Vernon T. in chat is calling it dad bod boxing. I love that. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, uh, we, no, not we Fit, for crying out loud. It's not we Fit. It's called Fitness Boxing on Nintendo Switch. Check it out. Check out that demo. See what you think. Come back here, you overgrown fuckball. That's our Donkey Kong. All right, everybody. It's time for the lightning round for uh, January 29th, 2019. We've got four stories that I want to uh, talk about really quick. These are four quick fire stories. Just my thoughts. Welcome to the lightning round. Let's start with... The Frostbite engine, this is a rumor, by the way, the Frostbite engine, which is from EA, uh, is, uh, w there's been rumors that it's been, that it's being ported to Nintendo Switch. I think there was somebody who had posted something, I think on a LinkedIn profile. This was maybe a month or maybe two months ago. Uh, and we haven't seen anything since, but, uh, recently on, uh, this is on NintendoLife.com, uh, there is, uh, uh, a, a job listing, basically. Oh, it's the same LinkedIn page. Uh, and it is saying it's a, that the person is a software engineer who works at EA and they engineered already existing SDKs for a different platform, allowing game teams to enable publishing on all platforms. And then the platforms that he had listed Xbox One, PS4, Nintendo Switch, and blah, 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 blah. So this is not a confirmation that the Frostbite engine is coming to the Nintendo Switch, but it's more, uh, it, it's just another rumor that kind of leads us down the breadcrumb trail 
to what might be the case. Now, why would anybody care about this? Well, FIFA is one of the biggest games in the world. It sells like crazy all the time. And part of the reason why the Nintendo Switch version of FIFA is not quite as popular is because, uh, well, there's multiple reasons, but one of the reasons is because it doesn't have that single player campaign because uh, the single player campaign requires the Frostbite engine in order to run. So if uh, EA were to port the Frostbite engine over to the Nintendo Switch, that would mean that more of the stuff that they make on that platform for Frostbite would be able to come over to the Nintendo Switch. Now, EA up until now has not been really supportive of the Nintendo Switch. They looked at what happened with the Wii U and they heard that Nintendo was launching the Switch and they said, eh, I don't really think that this is going to go anywhere. And it, clearly they were wrong, but these these companies, you know, they can't turn around real quick and change their minds about something. It takes a lot of work to port an engine over to it. So I don't blame EA for looking at the Switch with some skepticism and holding off on their port of their engine. That being said, the Nintendo Switch has been selling like crazy and Nintendo is just killing it. Uh, so I think EA is probably looking at the Switch and saying, we're missing out on a lot of customers and we have got to get over there. And so that is what they are doing. Uh, speaking of looking for jobs, uh, there this is, comes to us from JapaneseNintendo.com. They are they have posted uh, a translation uh, that Nintendo is looking for somebody to work on the Legend of Zelda. Uh, they're actively recruiting for the Legend of Zelda series with positions in Kyoto for a 3D computer graphics designer for terrain including dungeons, and for a level level designer for game events, dungeons, and enemies, etc. There is no indication on whether or not Nintendo Switch or a smart device game. All we know is that Nintendo is looking for somebody to work on Zelda, and I think that that's awesome. You know, we've talked about how uh, we've had uh, the Nintendo Switch's... Um, Ocarina of Time, and now we need its Majora's Mask. We need Nintendo to take that same engine and turn around and bring it to uh, bring it to us again in this um, this uh, console generation with new adventure using that same engine. And I think that that would be fantastic. I would love love to see them do that. In fact, I was thinking about this the other day, and uh, if you have ideas for this as well, let me know. But I thought about, I saw a post, I think it was on Reddit, about how Zelda really, you know, she's such an important character, but she's always just, like, she's hardly in the games. And in this one, I feel like she was in the game more than most, uh, with the, the, like, the 12 or 13 cutscenes or something. Um, but I, if you haven't finished Breath of the Wild, I want you to go ahead and cover your ears for the next 15 to 20 seconds, maybe 30 seconds or so. Okay, hopefully you're not listening anymore. Uh, at the end, when Link and Zelda walk off to go do whatever it is that they're going going to do, wouldn't that be amazing if the next Zelda game picked up right then, but it was multiplayer or you know like um, oh god, what's the what's the word I'm thinking of where you've got a quest 
and there is a character that goes along with you on the quest uh, that's a non-player character. Kind of think of in Bioshock Infinite, you had that one character, and I won't say anything, but they they would throw you guns and ammo that they would find as you're playing and you're fighting somebody and they would say your name and you turn and look at them and then they would throw you some ammo that you could then reload with. That was an amazing experience. And wouldn't it be cool if you were playing as Link and Zelda was was by your side fighting against the forces of the evil forces of Ganon or if you were playing as Zelda and fighting alongside Link uh, against the evil forces of Ganon. I think that that either way, that would be really cool. And it's something that I would like to see. So hopefully we get our Majora's Mask for this uh, console. But, you know, who knows? Fingers crossed. Uh, let's move on to... Uh, you've You've got a limited time. So if you're listening to this now, today's the 29th. And you have until February 1st to take care of this. If you want a Switch limited run uh, copy, uh, physical copy of Celeste, you can get one for $34.99. Check out the link in the show notes. I just know that Celeste is a super popular game, and a lot of people like to collect physical things, and this actually looks kind of cool. Like I love the cover art here. Uh, from limited run games. I'm a fan of limited run games. I have um, on the shelf behind me, you can't see it because of the way I'm sitting, but uh, on the shelf behind me, uh, I have my copy of Night Trap for the Nintendo Switch, came with like a VHS and everything. So limited run games, uh, they do a really good job, but you only have um, until they're either sold out or until February 1st, and they only have a, a thousand of them Oh no. The the order will be placed to the nearest 1000 units. So if you are well I I'm sure you know what I mean by that. I don't need to explain that. Uh all orders um need to happen before February 1st. So check out the link in the show notes if you are interested in that. A uh, couple of weeks ago, I talked about Damon Baker. Uh he had tweeted that he was moving on from Nintendo. He's been basically the head of third-party relations, bringing a lot of these indie developers to the Switch and doing a great job at it. He has moved on to the Xbox team. So I don't have anything really to say about that. I was just giving you guys an update because I mentioned it before that he was leaving Nintendo and we didn't know where he was going. Well, now we know where he's landing. He's heading on over to the land of Microsoft, uh, which, you know, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, both companies uh, are based in Washington, so he won't have to go very far. His commute will probably be about the same. And uh, good luck to him. I think he did a great job when he was at Nintendo. And, um, you know, as somebody who likes to play stuff that's other than just Nintendo, uh, I'm looking forward to see what he has because I'm I'm considering next generation switching from PlayStation to Xbox. But, you know, only time will tell. Uh, that is it for the lightning round. Again, if any of these stories were interesting uh, to you and you're watching it on the YouTube channel, comment right down below. Or if you're listening to the podcast, you can get a hold of me in the same ways that you always can. I'll see you guys around. Oh, Pac-Man, I'm beat. And I'm hungry. Thank goodness for Pac-Man pasta from Chef Boyardee. Music for today's episode can be found over at runjumpstomp.com slash music. Don't forget that if you want to watch the full show, head on over to twitch.tv slash runjumpstomp. Click the follow button so that you'll be alerted when I go live. You can also follow me on Twitter 
Uh, I also have videos that I post to YouTube, which you can find over at youtube.com slash runjumpstomp. If that sounds interesting to you, head on over there, hit subscribe and click the little bell icon so that you're notified every time I go live. If you're watching videos on YouTube, don't forget to give them a thumbs up because it really does help. If you're looking for ways to support the show, there's a million ways to do it. Head on over to runjumpstomp.com slash thank you. Uh, those are, that's the easiest way. There's a million links there. They all help me create content just like this. Uh, big thank you to everybody who's already done that. You guys are amazing. Big thank you to the live chat, uh, for, uh, people who, uh, come and hang out with me during the live chat. You guys are fantastic. I'm out of here. I've got stuff I have got to do and I am running out of time to do it. So I will see you all next time until then. Bye-bye.